0: radio
1: You're listening to The American Journal. I'm your host, Tristan T. Harris, filling in once again for the very honorable Harrison Smith, and we have a great broadcast for you today. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Share the live for feed. Let your friends know to tune in right now to this broadcast. Today we're gonna to be covering a lot of great information. But before we do, we gotta remind you guys that you guys are part of this war too. And how you can help us depends on where you are in your life. A lot of people out there, the only way they can help is by sharing, commenting, helping us beat those evil algorithms on social media. But I'm telling you, there's another way you can contribute, but also help your health and help you get into this information war. If you're not healthy, if you're not fit, if you're not working on ways to improve your personal life, then you're going to be no good to this information war in the future if you're on your deathbed. There's many ways you can do that, but one of the best ways you can do that and fund the information war is going down to InfoWars store and checking out our new products, including Nitric Boost, which over there you're going to find out that Nitric Boost is going to help you with your circulation, going to make your blood flow easier, going to combat things like erectile dysfunction, lower blood pressure. It has many benefits. It's going to help you clear out those cobwebs in your brain. Not only that, if you take it along with other supplements we have in the store, like Brain Force, phenomenal supplement, one that I love to use is Top Brain by Dr. Jones Naturals right here. I just popped some right before the show started. And I like Top Brain because it maybe doesn't give me the jitters like uh, some of the other nootropics out there. But this product here works great. I also do the brain force from time to time. But essentially, if you want to grease up that brain and get it ready to plant healthy ideas in the fertile garden of your mind, There's no better way than picking up some Nitric Boost, which is 40% off right now. Pick up some Brain Force. And I highly recommend this Top Brain as well, Stress-Free Nootropic, from uh, Dr. Jones Naturals. It's phenomenal. Uh, As well as you can get information on there, books to give to your friends. There's no better gift out there than The Great Awakening or The Great Reset by Alex Jones. Make sure you guys pick up a copy of that book. And I believe they still have signed copies available with it. AJ's very own signature, and you can't beat that. Pretty cool. I got a copy right here in front of me as well. If you guys aren't feeding your brain and reading the book the old-fashioned way, maybe do Audible, it's always good to have a tangible book because when the internet goes down, all you're going to have is paper, right? So it's interesting to see how you can affect this information war. And I got to ask you guys, what are you planning on doing today? to spread the information of liberty and freedom? What are you doing to start and combat this war, to recruit individuals with real news, with real stories and real information? Today's broadcast, we're going to deep dive into the January 6th debacle. About a million people were at the Capitol on January 6th. I was one of them covering the event. And as a protest reporter, I've covered over 200 rallies and protests over the last 10 years. Been involved in some of the most notorious cases in America, including the Kenosha unrest with Kyle Rittenhouse being subpoenaed and having to take the witness stand. I covered the George Floyd protests in Minneapolis while protesters burnt down the third precinct and shot bullet holes into it the size of matzah balls and drove around in crotch rockets blowing up buildings. I sat there in Kenosha while police and protesters shot cherry bombs at the law enforcement and law enforcement shot rubber bullets and flashed bang grenades over at protesters and back and forth. The war zone when where you if you call the police in Kenosha, no one was coming for you. We'll be talking and diving into all this when we come back. You're listening to the American Journal. I'm Kristan T. Harris, your host.
2: It's Friday, February second in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Christon Harris.
1: You can find out more about me at TheRundownLive.com. Find me on Spotify. Find me on iHeartRadio, TheRundownLive.com. You can find me on Twitter, Christon T. Harris. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-N. T is in Thomas and Harris. And I know that they've been sharing my Tweets on Infowars Twitter. Make sure you guys find, follow, and share as well. But uh, where we were going in the first segment, we we're talking about my history and covering protests. I've covered a lot of protests. I'm very experienced in covering protests, and I was there on January 6th, covering that event as well. On December 12th, uh, when four people were stabbed, and uh, there was a clash between Proud Boys and Antifa. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up about a deep dive on January 6th, there's a lot of inconsistency surrounding the January 6th situation. The reason being is I had a gut instinct from the get-go that something was going to be off on January 6th. That is because I was tipped off on January thirty, uh, excuse me, December thirty first of twenty twenty on an episode of the Rundown Live. I was doing my broadcast as normal when I got a show tip in the inbox, and it fit in exactly with exactly what I was talking about coming up, and that was on January sixth. There was going to be a Stop the City Steel rally at the Capitol building. In this link, which we're gonna show on the screen right now, was a Airtable page. And that Airtable page was developed and put up by Antifa and top BLM activists on December 31st to identify top conservative influencers top Proud Boys and activists. And oddly enough, there was a little button there to report their whereabouts. And I started to think. The first thing I thought is they wanted to know what hotel the Proud Boys were staying at. They wanted to know where some of these other nationalists or independent people were staying at or influencers or conservatives. And It hit me after January 6th that the reason they wanted you to report where these individuals were being seen was, number one, that most likely BLM and Antifa were there in plain clothes, but they were reporting real-time locations of top influencers, top activists, so that they could be filmed or photographed, or encouraged to commit violence. On this list was everybody from basic small activists that I've never heard of, to people like Enrique Tarrio and Joe Biggs. Meaning that the whole time there, these activists could be dressed in plain clothes, filming these individuals, And about 200 of these images that were on this website, this Airtable website, which was pulled after January 6th, ended up on the FBI website. I want you to let that sink in. Majority of these individuals ended up on the FBI website as wanting more information. How could that be that there's such a correlation between Antifa and BLM Airtable website where it said, identify these individuals, tip us off where they're at, and the FBI website of who they're looking for to go after? Well, after January 6th, there was an organization There's an article out there titled Sedition Hunters, FBI Capital Attack Manhunt Online, Sluice Research, and Turn in Protesters That Were There on January 6th. Now, to me, I'm sitting here thinking, well, Sedition Hunters, who who makes up this organization? Well, surprise, surprise. The sedition hunters are primarily made up of far-left activists, Antifa activists, keyboard activists, who are going through thousands of hours of videos to turn in their adversarial organizations to the FBI so that they could then be rounded up and put in jail. It's like a playbook straight out of Bolshevik communist Russia. Antifa, BLM using the feds to go after their political enemies to put them in jail, distinguish the answer to Antifa. As you see, Antifa brought about the Proud Boys as a reaction. And they didn't know what to do after December 12th. I can tell you, when I was covering that event, there was over 4,000 Proud Boys marching around D.C., chanting at 10, 8 p.m., F. Antifa, and they were facing off like gangs of New York style and alleys of D.C. Somewhere along the line, somebody suggested we needed to identify these people and potentially put them in jail because they were scaring the opposition, I guarantee you somewhere that happened, because that website is living proof that they identified top influencers who are attending these rallies and that they wanted to go after them and they wanted people to report their whereabouts on January 6th. And why is that important? And why are the sedition hunters important? Well, in this article, it says that the sedition hunters get their directive and and learn their tactics from an organization known as Bellingcat. And you're like, "Well, why is that even remotely important?" Well, just recently in gray zone Bellingcat was identified as a western intelligence front. That's right, they're a contractor for our very own government and the United Nations. Let that sink in. If that doesn't smell like an intelligence operation, then I don't know what to tell you guys out there. I'm not saying that I know exactly what happened on January 6th, but I'm just saying that it's fairly interesting That you have an intelligence front, Bellingcat, giving Antifa members and sedition hunters directive on how to identify right-wing extremists and put their adversaries in jail, building websites prior to January 6th, identify these right-wing activists, and then like magically they all appear, or many of them appear, on the FBI's wanted list on their website. If that's a coincidence, that's a hell of a coincidence. Then we start to look at how these things work. In an old New York Times article from 2012, one that I've read many times, terrorist plots helped along by the FBI, It details how the FBI will identify individuals who may in their normal life never commit a crime, may never commit a terrorist attack, but they attempt to recruit these individuals. They build relationships with them. They say, well, maybe for Muslims, they'll say, Allah, wants you to blow up this building. We'll provide the explosives. We'll leave your children with hundreds of thousands of dollars if you go ahead and do this act for our religion. The individual may be hesitant, may not want to do it, but over much time, the relationships build between the FBI operative and these documents. And there's times when they load them up in a truck with fake explosives, and when they hit the button, nothing happens. And they arrest them. And they're like, we prevented a terrorist attack. But did you? Would this individual be inspired to do this at all if it didn't take years of coercion? And they may not have been interested in doing it at all. Not only that, in these same FBI reports, a lot of these individuals, they didn't want to. They said, no, we don't want to do this. We don't want to hurt anyone. And the FBI didn't leave them alone. They instilled more pressure and doubled down on trying to get them to commit an act of terrorism. Maybe they wanted, didn't want to die in a suicide bombing. Maybe they didn't want to hurt anyone. They said, well, don't worry. We'll give your kids money. They're taking care of you. Got to do this. You got to do this. And they would peer pressure them to the point of no return, and sometimes these individuals would then press the button and then be arrested. It's legal, but is it legitimate? The way that these agencies are predatory, another great example is the Governor Whitmer kidnapping case. The minute that came out, I said it smelled like a Fed operation, and I have the recordings to prove it on the Rundown Live, your forecast in the future. And I'm here telling you right now that January 6th has the same dirty stench. The inconsistencies of what is coming out of the major government organizations and what they're saying versus what we're getting on video and what we're—
3: It, it heightens some of my concerns and—, re- and- uh, reduces some of the other concerns, okay? One of, one of the concerns that's heightened was, you know, trying to give the, the Secret Service and the Metro Police Department the benefit of the doubt when they took four minutes, you know, they finished their lunch before they went and dealt with this pipe bomb. I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and think that, well, if it's just some random passerby and he said, hey, there's something shiny over there, could be a lawn sprinkler, you know, not sure, maybe want to check it out. But that's not what it was. It was, it was a person who was, you know, they say, again, when I relate this to you, I'm relating what the Capitol Police have told me. They say it was a Capitol Police officer who found this bomb and that um, he told them it was a bomb. He, and he radioed it in, said, we've, we've got the device. We found another device. Remember, here's the other just amazing timing is that the first pipe bomb, the one at the Capitol Hill Club, now they call it the RNC pipe bomb, but they really should be calling it the Capitol Hill pipe bomb.
4: I mean, the the two buildings are next to each other, but it was like... The Capitol Hill Club, which is an entity where Republican members of Congress socialize and fundraise. Right. right.
3: Um, The reason I'm making that distinction is Darren uh, Beatty, who's done amazing work on this, OK, he's the guy who's said, hey, you should be asking some of these questions. And I said, you know what? You're right. I will be asking those questions. He points out that the RNC-DNC narrative was, was made up after the fact. You know, it was really the Capitol Hill Club DNC narrative that they should be talking about. But it, if, it just sounds a lot better that, oh, we knew to go look at the DNC once we found one at the RNC. Interesting. Well, you thought somebody was going to blow up the RNC and they— yeah. Don't they hate Republicans? Why would they also want to book anyways? So um you know they come down f- this this plainclothes police officer who had been in the vicinity of that one, they had just found that the timing is remarkable because it found oh it was found five minutes before the breach of the bicycle racks uh near at the perimeter of the Capitol. Just a miraculous timing that you know would have provided Exactly the right timing to distract. After sitting in an alley for seventeen hours, you know, by, found by somebody who says she was going to go do her laundry. Okay, then within you know, they respond to that, uh, they secure the area, and fifteen minutes later, they find this other bomb.
4: Like what miraculous timing? Well, I de- I definitely don't believe that the Capitol Police would purposefully go and set a bomb anywhere that could potentially blow up and do anyone harm. I I, I am not there that they would do something like that. However, you seem to point out in questioning with the ATF director that this wasn't an operational bomb that was going to blow up and hurt anybody. Remember that? Right. The, the
3: um, assistant director in charge, he went on TV and, and said these were operable bombs and, you know, offered a reward, put out a message that they played on TV. And so In the beginning of my transcribed interview with him, he still maintained that they were
4: operable. Well, hold on. We're going to get the ATF director's take on that questioning from Congressman Massey. Take a listen.
3: Also, I see that you're cooperating with the FBI. The ATF is on the January 6th pipe bomb investigation. What can you tell us
2: about how that's going um uh, obviously, that's a significant matter. It is an ongoing criminal investigation, and so I'm not going to comment on an ongoing criminal investigation.
3: Were, were those pipe bombs operable?
2: Again, I mean, The again, ATF is the expert. Again, it's an ongoing criminal investigation, and under long-standing policy, I cannot
3: comment. And we've just had a whole committee for two years that investigated ongoing investigation, so I'm not accepting that answer from you. Uh, we need to know these things. Do you know how the pipe bomb was discovered at the DNC? We've been told how it was discovered at the RNC. And and according to a press release from the FBI, you're working with them on this
2: investigation. Respectfully, um, I understand your disagreement, but I cannot comment because it is an ongoing criminal investigation. It's an ongoing (laughs) cover-up.
3: So so helpful. It's their policy not to comment on ongoing cover-ups. Yeah, it seems like it. So here's what I've come to know since that interview, too. Uh, you know, you chase some leads. I believe, b- based on um, discussions with police, with FBI, and with former ATF who now works for Capitol Police, that it, the bombs went to Quantico uh, for inspection, not to the ATF. Now he could have just told me that in the hearing. Oh, right? interesting. He could have said, Well, we didn't we didn't look at the fragments after we blew these things up. It was actually FBI at Quantico looked at them. But he didn't he wouldn't even tell me that. So he either doesn't know it or just is so stuck on it like a broken
4: record on it's our long standing policy not to comment. So we're in this meeting last night, and one of our Republican colleagues turns to you as you're explaining how long it's been that this has been an open investigation, these videos that show the strange behavior of a person we now know was a plainclothes Capitol police officer. And one of our Republican colleagues kept pressing you and saying, But Thomas, why would they do this? Why would anyone try to um, plant these? phony, fake devices in order to create confusion that day? And, you know, we, we don't know the answer to that question in all honesty. Do you have a working theory? Yeah, well, um, again,
3: I don't know who did it, but I can tell you a consequence of this because this is buried in the back of the January 6th committee report that um, there was a call to bring more bike racks to the Capitol. They had hundreds of them loaded up, ready, to bring to the Capitol, to reinforce the Capitol. And it turns out those never made it because this DNC pipe bomb was discovered and they set up oh, a perimeter wow.
4: and blocked them from coming. So, so the- if there was a booby trap intended to um, have people commit a technical violation of federal criminal law with no intent to break the law, uh, that was facilitated perhaps by the Very interestingly timed discovery of these two devices. Yeah,
3: whether there was intent or not, the the result of this, according to the January 6th committee, was that uh, it made it easier to breach the Capitol because the reinforcements couldn't be brought to the Capitol.
1: I want you guys to think about that for a moment. But before we dive into that, Thomas Massey's comments, the idea that an off-duty law enforcement officer couldn't recognize a dummy pipe bomb, which may be just the same type of dummy pipe bomb law enforcement uses in their drills to learn how to properly identify a real pipe bomb, and normally they have them labeled, and was not able to go and say, that's a fake pipe bomb, this looks like a law enforcement-issued dummy pipe bomb, and then let everyone know that it was a real pipe bomb? That makes me... Just a little curious. Was this dummy pipe bomb a government-issued one used in training for law enforcement? Hmm. And why is it that an off-duty law enforcement officer identified it? It wasn't like, you know, the local landscaper or the person trimming the hedges saw it and was like, oh, that could be a water sprinkler or what the heck is that? Is that a thermos for a drink or whatever it might be? No, they identified it immediately as a dangerous pipe bomb when any law enforcement officer who is trained to identify such would be able to identify that was a non-operational dummy pipe bomb. Now we need to ask, why is it they can identify all these extremists or activists or influencers that are outside the Capitol, but they can't find the person who dropped the pipe bombs out in front of the Capitol building? We're going to dive into that and a whole bunch more when we come back from break. I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris, filling in for Harrison Smith on the American Journal. Don't go anywhere. We've got more from where that came from.
0: Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. Don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraisers, the signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-253. Three, one, three,
2: nine. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today. And may the TurboForce be with you.
0: Infowars.com is tomorrow's news
2: today. You're tuned in to The American Journal. With your host, Kriston
1: Harris. It's no lie that our government has been involved in many nefarious operations throughout history, whether it's Operation Northwoods or Operation Moxford or just collecting metadata under the Patriot Act. Our government's is involved in dismantling our Constitution, and it's always for your safety. Everything they do is for your safety. And the question of January 6th, and what it really was, is becoming clearer and clearer. And many of us thought from the get-go, including myself, that this whole debacle, January 6th, was a giant government honeypot, one used to go after political adversaries and weaponize the government agencies to go after Internet influencers and people who are social engineering the public for an ideology of freedom, liberty, against child trafficking, and who questioned the official narrative, the ultimate targeting of thought crime and pre-crime and the idea that people out there who have these ideologies are a danger to society. So we've now learned that it was an off-duty law enforcement officer that identified the pipe bomb on January 6th, in front of the RNC. And then they went and conveniently found one in front of the DNC buildings. And the question still remains, well, who dropped the pipe bomb? Because if you think about it, from the get-go, that has been the mystery that no one's been able to solve and why it's important as, as follows. Because it was that individual who dropped the pipe bomb that gave him justification to do everything from barricading themselves inside the Capitol building to bringing out the bike racks and heightened security across Capitol Hill. And I'm not justifying some of the acts by some of the people that attended and broke windows, amongst other things. In fact, we don't know who some of those individuals are. Some of those individuals are getting off scot-free. But what I am questioning is whether or not there were foul players, if that there were adversarial activists there filming, encouraging influencers to commit crimes, and the ones dumb enough to do it got arrested. But all throughout history, activists have occupied sessions. And in this case, why would it be any different? We see Code Pink barge into congressional sessions, anti-drone effort, Medea Benjamin, anti-war effort by Medea Benjamin and Code Pink. Not that I agree with everything Code Pink does, but they're allowed to go and barge in, and BLM is allowed to barge in, and you have a bunch of activists that want to postpone the ceiling of the election of 2020. And they lock themselves in and barricade themselves in the Congressional Hall, Capitol Hill. And protesters start banging on the door. I wonder what would have happened if they would have just allowed all the press, uh, 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 all the protesters or rally-goers to just occupy the Capitol building. They did leave them in. They just unlocked the door in many cases and examples. And I'm not saying some people didn't break windows and crawled through windows, but we've seen videos of law enforcement officers just opening the doors and ushering in protesters into the building. What would have most likely happened is they would have postponed the vote to a different day when all the protests wouldn't have been happening or wouldn't have been there and it would have been sealed anyways. When I was there covering the vent from outside the Capitol building, after Ashley Babbitt was shot, people were enraged. After years and years of being programmed that when an unarmed person is shot by law enforcement, the answer is, burn your city down. Unfortunately, there is plenty of sheep available that day on January 6th, who are programmed by TVs that when law enforcement shoots somebody like George or murders somebody like George Floyd, people went and burnt down the third precinct. When Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back here in Wisconsin, people went and burnt down churches and buildings and car lots and everything else. And Americans are programmed. That's what happens. As word spread, there was two things that were being spread spread via telephone or word of mouth. One was that an unarmed police officer, or excuse me, an un, uh, unarmed female, was shot by a police officer inside the Capitol building, and the other was it was heard over the walkie talkies that he was given the right to open fire. Whether or not that is true. That is what the word on the street was. And somebody said that it came from Nancy Pelosi, that that was the word over the walkie-talkies. Whether or not that's true, I cannot confirm. I did not hear it. But that was what was being spread all throughout the Capitol on that day. And it's funny. Nobody wants to talk about who was in charge of the Capitol police that day. And it's interesting because I think it was Jack Procevic who posted a meme that said that Donald Trump now got the media to admit that Nancy Pelosi was in charge of Capitol Police that day. Because that's who, that's who was in charge. And those rumors were coming out immediately. So of course, Nancy Pelosi would want nothing to do with what happened that day at the Capitol. We were lied to about law enforcement officers dying at the Capitol that day. No law enforcement officers died at the Capitol on January 6th. Just protesters and rally-goers. That information and misinformation around January 6th is right up there with just about every other Protests we've seen, Kenosha unrest, misinformation. The Independent was saying that Kyle Rittenhouse shot three African Americans. That wasn't true. That he came across the border with his rifle with his gun. That wasn't true. All of a sudden, the left cares about borders, huh? Just not the ones at the southern borders. Goes on and on and on and on, the misinformation, a propaganda to program the public to have his official narrative and get them to sway their vote. And the reason why they're keeping January 6 alive, and the reason why they need January 6 to be there, because they need you to remember that to go out and vote. To get the left motivated to go out and vote. And I can guarantee you, they're trying to use it as a calling card. And they don't care by what means they need to. But if they can stay in power and push this globalist new world order agenda, they will do it by any means necessary. So when we come back from break, there's an article we want to talk about. We're going to be talking about how the FBI blocked an interview with an ex-government official who is the suspect in the January 6. Pipe bomb case That's right They got somebody They were able to identify him But the feds have blocked Him from being interviewed Says an FBI whistleblower So now we may know Who the pipe bomber was And it looks like Former government official Let that sink in We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors, you're listening to the American Journal. I'm Christan T. Harris, the RundownLive.com, Milwaukee's Independent News Talk Radio.
5: cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the Real Red Pill Plus is pregnenolone, which occurs naturally in our body but decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The Real Red Pill Plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The Supercharged Special. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. I'm a humble person,
0: and I want to say that I'm just a man. But I'm not just a man. Just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting.
2: You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
1: So, we have the left planning to film activists on January 6th. We know that they went there and filmed activists on January 6th. We know that they went in and turned the videos into the FBI. Many of those activists ended up on the Fed's wanted list of more information. We now know that the sedition hunters who were used to go and identify these extremists and much form and shape were uh, affiliated with groups like Antifa and BLM. And we know that they got their directive from Western Intelligence Agency, Bellingcat. And now we're finding out that a undercover law enforcement officer identified a fake pipe bomb, said it was a real pipe bomb. And now we have an article on InfoWars right now that the FBI blocked an interview of an ex-government official suspect in the January 6th pipe bombing case. Now, before we dive into this, I want to say, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this January 6th thing. Are you buying this? Were you there on January 6th? Give us a call. one 789 2539 one 789 2539 And I want to know how you feel this will be looked at in 10, 20 years. What are we going to find out? What's your feelings on the subject? And... What information, if you have any, on January six you might have that you'd like to share with us? But while we're waiting for your calls, I wanted to dive into this article that's available on Infowars by Jamie White. Make sure you guys go share this live video, uh, this live feed, as well as share this article on your Twitter and all the different social media platforms out there. The FBI blocked a surveillance team investigating the January 6th pipe bomb incident from interviewing the suspect tied to the case a former FBI agent claimed. So why would the feds not want the main suspect in a pipe bombing incident in front of Capitol Hill, which was used As justification to barricade everyone inside the Capitol building, to create much alarm, to lock down the Capitol building, create a lot of ruckus and fear and give justification to open fire on an unarmed female like Ashley Babbitt. Later, inspiring many people to be enraged and commit even more damage to the Capitol building while putting their very own law enforcement officers under distress. We're posed with quite a quagmire here. So an individual that was caught on the security cameras, placing a pair of fake pipe bombs outside the Republican-Democrat National Committee buildings in D.C. the night before, was not allowed to be questioned. But what we do know is both the car and fare card were in the name of a retired Air Force chief master sergeant who is now working as a coordinator and contractor, excuse me, not coordinator, maybe, contractor, and he has security clearance. So why is it that a former Air Force chief master sergeant who's working as a contractor and has security clearance cannot be questioned for dropping off pipe bombs in front of the Capitol building. Well, what it looks like to me is that this whole thing was hatched and planned behind doors by an intelligence agency and in some kind of think tank. Just like that New York Post article said, at one point it was titled 17 and 21 terrorist plots hatched by the FBI, planned, formulated, developed, created. All they had to do is find the actors willing to act. And just like Kabuki theater, develop some kind of play or theater or movie used to social engineer and go after adversarial political activists that don't fit in the official globalist New World Order narrative. Intelligence agencies, somewhere along the line, probably tipped off some of these activist leaders and said, hey, we should put together a website of all the influencers on the right and in the center and centric, and then we should go film them and turn that info in to the feds and see if we can get them to do something dumb and get them arrested. Legal? Sure. Legitimate? Probably not. Why couldn't it be that simple? The feds are always working along with these extremist groups, heads of the KKK, the heads of the Black Panthers, all informants. Found out even Prowl Boy members were informants for the feds. Why wouldn't BLM or some of these far leftists that are in charge of Antifa be informants for the feds? sitting down, conjuring up ideas of how they could help the feds go after these extremists that might potentially cause some kind of damage or problems in the future. And that's exactly how they do it. Would these QA Nana extremists actually attack the Capitol if they think that the government is trafficking children? Which, uh, you know, Operation Flickr and, and talk about the Finder's cult and all this interesting stuff when we talk about that. Jeffrey Epstein, I was a key reporter in the Glay Maxwell-Jeffrey Epstein trial. Only reporter there every day for five weeks. Released the stenographer's witness testimonies when nobody else would. Some broke-ass journalist out of Milwaukee did that. Not CNN or Fox. Why couldn't they conjure up this plan and just find the actors and then go ahead and try to wish for the best and see what happened on January 6th? The little push and a little directive, identify people with megaphones because the people with megaphones are always the leaders. People who are encouraging violence. People who think that that's a revolution when it was all really a federal sting operation. By the way, where did this QA nonsense all come from? That smells like a government honeypot as well. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about child trafficking. I'm just saying, where did it come from? And I'm going to tell you where it came from. It came from the censorship. As a result of censoring all the media. Due to Russian collusion, they got rid of all the gatekeepers of fake news. The Alex Joneses. The Rundown Live, the Free Thought Project, the anti-media, all the independent media that was working together like a well-oiled machine where over 60% of people out there got their news from. And they banned them. So people went to 4chan and 8chan and got their news from some kind of bread bakers that took breadcrumbs and put together some bogus conspiracy to rile up a bunch of people. And it smelled like a Fed operation from the get-go. There's even people out there admitting that it was being developed and made to identify extremists, and that's exactly what it did. January 6th was the endgame, and so many people fell for it. Now, when there's real trafficking issues, guess what they're painting those individuals as? Uh, You know. That being said, January 6th is a wild thing, and we're going to get to your calls when we come back from commercial break at the top of the hour. I want you guys to think about January 6th and remember that not everything is always what it seems, but the, the fact that you can't ask one of the key suspects in the pipe bombing, which was basically the first domino on January 5th, to allow the government to barricade themselves in and make everyone a criminal that crossed a bike rack. In fact, the bike racks were probably gone before most people like me even got there. And then you're going to use that as justification to hand out tickets and break down people's doors and throw them on the ground and arrest them in front of their kids because they trespassed? You couldn't just mail them a ticket? No, you're going to waste taxpayer money being thugs and throwing people on the ground over a bogus sting operation that probably or may not even happen. have happened. It wasn't helped along potentially by the feds. It's all a legend. Just that more data that comes out, the more I'm thinking that this was a giant honeypot. I'm your host, Christod T. Harris. You're listening to the American Journal. We'll be back after this message from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. Share that live link. Give us a call. one 789 2539 Call on it.
0: 29 years on air all i've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist and i've done the best job i can to tell the truth i'm inaccurate and we are on record as the most accurate there are and i've tried to sell products to fund ourselves unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people we don't do that we try to bring you products that really work and ladies and gentlemen i'm scared of this product it's so powerful this is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid methyl folate with high quality organic
2: tuned in to the american journal with your host harrison smith watch it live right now at band.video
1: i'm your host Cassidy harris filling in for harrison smith make sure that you guys head on down to the InfoWars store right now there's some great product on sale dna force combined with red pill they work together they will help you with your health be energetic be prepared and well, you know, you basically nowadays, what people are eating—fast food or eating that greasy, slimy burger at the local fast food shop—you know, what? you guys got to start packing lunches. You got to start making yourself food, start growing gardens, getting all that stuff going. But this stuff really aids D- aids you—the DNA force, the Red Pill working together—and I'm going to tell you how. First of all, CoQ10 is a wonderful product, it really helps your circulation. And if you're looking at the nitric boost, which is 40% off, and you're getting 50% off right now, the DNA force alongside with the red pill, you're putting on that armor. You're getting ready to go out in public with all these diseases and sicknesses out there. And you're making sure that you're giving yourself the best chances to repel these viruses, to be healthy, to work out, to get the vitamins and supplements that you need they have good cel- circulation to battle the foggy cobwebs in your head, as well as getting the most out of your workout. So make sure you guys check out Infowarsstore.com. This operation is 100% funded by you guys, everyone behind the scenes. There's all these people that you guys don't even see that depend on you guys to make this happen. And we're competing with the mainstream media. Millions of people tune in every day to Infowars. Not the CNN, not the Fox. In fact, those guys tune into InfoWars because they want to know what the future has in store for them, and they want to be able to arrange their talking points based on the facts and not the propaganda. They want to know how to combat the real information which is being disseminated by this program. And what kind of programming are you getting? Are you getting that GMO news? From CNN or the One America Network, which is owned by the same company, 90% of who owns CNN, Mm, I bet you you didn't know the kabuki theater behind that, where you create one narrative and you make profit by controlling the other narrative and having them face off on national TV. None of that happens here, 100% funded by you guys. We're your program. So we need you to get into this battle. Not everyone can share. Not everyone can just like. Some people got to work all day and you're listening to this broadcast while you're sweating away. Maybe you've invested some things that you've never used, tools or whatever. But I'm telling you, investing in yourself by picking up nutraceuticals is an investment in yourself. But at the same time, you can support this war against the new world order. And the reason why I take time every day in the beginning of these broadcasts to mention this is because without you guys we couldn't be doing this don't think that your role isn't important that every dollar you spend here doesn't go to fighting tyranny and waking up the masses because more now than ever we're under attack with misinformation the operation mockingbird media shill ai accounts virtual influencers not even real news anchors spreading misinformation. And we're needed to go out and cover these events. You want real journalism, journalists at the border? You want real journalists at protests? You want real journalists at rallies? Well, we need your help. Head on down to InfoWars.com. Pick up some red pill. Pick up some DNA force. Pick up some nitric boost today. And if you need to feed your brain, pick up the books by Alex Jones, The Great Awakening and The Great Reset. And put it in your collection, but don't let it sit there and collect desks. Read the books, and then maybe give it to somebody else. That's something I always do. I always give one of my books to my friends when they come and visit because I want them to read the information that I have. That being said, when we come back, we're gonna have, we're gonna take your calls. Phone number here is one eight seven seven. 789
2: 2539 You're watching The American Journal with your host, Tristan Harris
1: you taking your calls one 877 2539 Dial in right now talking January 6th what's going on what's happened and what was your experience if you had it we want to get your evidence your viewpoint and maybe you guys can bring some evidence or bring up some points that our listeners haven't heard like there's no reason to think that Cristanti Harris knows everything or Alex Jones knows everything but all together working together we can bring all this information and put together the puzzle of what happened on that day we're going to go to the phone lines Matt from Chicago, welcome to the broadcast. What can you contribute?
6: How are you, Christassi Harris? Nice to be on InfoWars. Um, I guess I can contribute a narrative that I still have yet to hear uh, the last couple of years. And uh, let me first, uh, I guess, just give a little background. Uh, I've been politically active for probably now about five years, definitely woken up by InfoWars. Uh, Most definitely woken up by the iodine, uh, reducing the uh, calcification of my pineal gland and my thyroid, Uh, really helped me be able to think clearly, especially on January 6th. So, January 6th was the second time that I was in D.C. I was in D.C. with the first Stop the Steel rally Um, and actually was fortunate enough to, uh, I guess, escort Alex uh, and his uh, security detail uh, to. Uh, the main speaking place—I uh, forget—but it was, it was at the Supreme Court that day, I believe. But um, January sixth, uh, well, January fifth, getting there, uh, getting into Freedom Square. Uh, first thing that they, uh, I guess, you know, Proud Boys had mentioned to me was that um, Enrique had been arrested in Minnesota and on fraudulent gun charges, and wasn't even in the in uh, in DC. So from that moment started feeling uh just different waking up the next day um about 9 30 i'm getting text messages and they're saying that there's uh altercation and fighting going on down at the second speaking event now trump wasn't even close to the first speaking event so it was, it was interesting that there was an altercation going on with, with, with police so i went down some of my guys and we went down to his rally where Trump has, and at all the events, he had this gated off area. It was the first amendment zone. And there was not one protester from the left in that area. And I have a video of it. It's just nothing, nothingness. I think there was even like garbage blowing through. There was nobody protesting at his first speaking event. So knowing the plan uh, to a degree, a lot of patriots. We we're all sharing information before January 6th that Antifa was going to be there, and Antifa was going to be wearing Trump cutoff shirts, camouflage pants, and uh, backwards Trump hats. So, going to the uh, Trump's event, didn't see any protesters, which is interesting. There's not one organic protester on the left. You know, are they all getting paid? Um, Went to the uh, Washington, or to to the monument on the hill where they were supposed to meet. I guess it was going to be uh, Antifa, that Antifa uh, BLM co op, uh, uh, Jack Sullivan, or whatever his name was. And so we're at the Washington Monument. We don't see anyone there. Trump's already speaking. And it was about 45 minutes after he started, maybe 30, uh, me and my buddy were like, you know, we got to get down to the other speaking event. A, hopefully we can get better seats. And B, if there's fighting going on there, you know, our job always was going to events was to make sure that the place was secure so people could, could express themselves freely and safely. So we start walking down Pennsylvania Avenue, which is about a 40-minute walk from the first speaking event to the second speaking event. And I look behind me and there's, you know, a huge group of God knows how many people to fill the streets. And again, I have a video of this I can send to you. Um, When I got to the building, there was already Trump supporters bleeding, hurt. Um, You know, we were looking at a skeleton crew with maybe eight bike racks, 20 cops. That's it. There were no horse police, which horse police, Um, if you've ever seen them, I mean, those things are, they're, they're, they're huge. They're ridiculous. And they would, they would deter anybody, um, really in any, any real occasion, but they weren't there. So on the West side where the media tower was, which is actually the side that Alex was on. And when it all came to, I was about 40 yards in front of Alex, um, just over this little cement wall, right next to the media tower that the QAnon shaman was on. So, I get to that. Trump's still speaking, mind you, on the other side of town. And what I witnessed is a Trump supporter bleeding from the back of his head, uh, this old man, and he's reaching underneath the media tower to a pre-positioned pile of black fencing. Something that had been broken down from the neighborhood next to us. No black fencing was, is, is on the Capitol grounds whatsoever. So, um... I grab him. I say, you know, my dude, I got to get you over this wall. You're bleeding from the back of your head. I got to grab that. You know, I grabbed the, the black fencing from his hand, and I look up above me, and on the media tower is a fisheye camera that was capturing everything going on that day, what was happening right next to the tower, what was happening on the tower, all of it. And it was within, I'd say, 30 minutes of that point, the majority of then the rest of the Trump um, base, I guess, got to the property. And uh, it was about 10 more minutes went by. And I'm just looking at, you know, the people around. They're carrying crosses. We're chanting, do your job, do your job. Uh, Around that time, the pink mask started coming out, which is something that we saw a lot of at the uh, events around the nation with Antifa, was they would have these pink masks, these gas masks, in, like, preparation for what was about to happen, which, to me, you know, in hindsight, screams uh, collusion between uh, either Capitol Police, FBI, but also Antifa. So once they, they, they stopped firing uh, tear gas, pepper spray, rubber bullets at the crowd, uh, we, uh, we had to triage the injured Trump supporters, we had, you know, old people, young people, you know, I had a, an old lady w- with a walker covered in like bear spray, or tear gas. It was just, it was kind of embarrassing. Like to see it all, it was just really such a joke. And, uh, I sat on that West side at that cement wall triaging folks for, Well, it felt like an hour and, uh, looking for the identifying, um, Visual identifiers that Alexander Soros's email exposed about two weeks before January sixth. If you recall, on like Parlor and 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 really all of the main uh, the main uh, social media sites, people were sharing uh, a hacked email from Alexander Soros that stated that Antifa were to be there and they were going to be wearing camouflage, uh, fresh camouflage. It said and uh, Trump cutoffs, and backwards, Trump uh, MAGA hats. So being there, security, utmost importance, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through the crowd, and I was the people that were coming over and make, making their way towards the building had to essentially grab my hand and jump down and then work their way towards. And I was about 350 to 400 yards away from the building. I never crossed the uh, original police line that I had uh, 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 seen and come up to, which was that same line that you'll see uh, uh, Ray Epps. Uh, it was that same side. So three people came through in that hour that fit the exact definition, an exact look that, that Alexander Soros had listed in his emails. And the last gentleman that I got out of the crowd working his way towards the building. Um, it was just after Ashley Babbitt had been shot. Two oath keepers came up to me, and they said, hey, we just want to let you know someone had been shot and killed on the inside. We've been told that they have been authorized to use lethal force. And I'm sitting there looking at them, and I'm like, what the
7: hell is going on here?
6: Like, none of us signed up for that. We went there for, for investigation on, a, on, 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 you know, a 10-day investigation on this, on this fraudulent election. That no one can deny. You can't deny it at all. And sure as uh, sure as that, this last guy comes over with the American flag in his left hand or right hand, and it was in a ball. So he was utilizing the flag as like a pad to protect little little weak soy boy hands, I guess, from climbing up the bike rack, which it was kind of crazy. So. Once he got off the bike rack, he jumped down on that west side, like I was saying, on the other side of that that, that cement wall, and what I see in his left hand, so he's got the flag in the right, and in his left hand, he's got a lighter, and he holds it above his head, and he's trying to strike it as if he's going to light the flag on fire. So, as quick as I could, I dropped my hand underneath, I grabbed his throat, and I lifted him up a little, and... Left hand goes to his right, and I'm grabbing the flag, and he, as I'm squeezing his neck, he says, take it, it's yours. So I hand him off to the Oath Keepers to get him uh, over the other side of the wall, and I ended up putting the flag underneath my body armor. But that narrative of the interaction with the Antifa is still something that none of us have heard. I had the FBI come into my shop. I'm a barber. You can find me on social media at Patriot Barber. Um, but I own uh, a barbershop, and they had to find me there and harass. I have videos. I have screenshots. Terrorists. They called it the Patriot X for a reason, you know. But I think that what we did there was so important. It's, it's taking what Alex had really essentially, you know, uh, talked about, and it's, it's knowing the game plan of the New World Order Seeing their attack on us, and and being that they're so large and dumb and cumbersome, we were able to identify the attack and essentially dethrone and pull these people out. I mean, one of the Antifa members had his pockets stuffed with frozen coats. The last time I saw that was when I was going toe-to-toe with Antifa in Chicago. What did they have? Pockets stuffed with frozen coats. So he jumps down, and I look at him, and I smell him hitting his vape. It's like strawberry kiwi soy boy. And I'm like, well, that Mm, doesn't smell like something you smell at a Trump rally. (laughs) And I look at him and I go, what are you doing? He's like, I'm throwing these at the cops. I'm like, no, you're not. He goes, yeah, everyone's throwing stuff at cops. And I look at him and I go, you know, no, we're effing not. I push him off the bike rack, get him back over the, the, um, that little cement wall. And then there was another guy who was working towards the, uh, building, same outfit, same sort of outfit he had a skateboard that was unused i still skate so i know you know i know what skateboards uh, that are used look like this guy had stickers it was a weapon and he had a backpack and backpacks aren't allowed at rallies so in my mind the worst case scenario was potentially that that backpack had a bomb or something in it right you know we all knew prior that something was going to happen i think i even recall hearing that they were mentioning you know pipe bombs and uh something about the hospitals and the counties around were all on full full staff when the police were on a skeleton crew. Like if we can somehow expose Antifa being involved, um, I think it would do us a lot. I think it would do us a lot. And Man, um I-
1: I have to say, thanks for your call and the information and your experience that day. I know that a lot of people out there had different experiences and, um, you know, the the way it's being framed. I tell you what, if BLM charged the Capitol and took over the Capitol building, would they have called it an insurrection? Do you think so, Matt? No. Nah. In the
6: 70s, you know, like this is. They had uh, uh, pro-Palestine folks uh, 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 insurrect a couple weeks ago. They were all up inside the the chambers, and and none of them have been arrested. None of them have had charges. But we, you know, you have someone uh, harassing you and following you, doing the Antifa thing, trying to hit your phone, like little girls. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I have the FBI come. They're so pathetic. And as I have the FBI come into my shop, so, you know, Thank you for your time. Thank you for talking about this. Um,
1: I love you guys. Man, I'm going to come down and, to your uh, uh, barber shop and get cut up one of these days. Uh, Patriot Barber, oh, bro, I'll be checking you out. Uh, I'll check it out. And I'm in Milwaukee, so I'm going yeah, to Patriot Barber on Instagram. I'll check it out, Patriot man. Patriot Barber on good Instagram. Be blessed. Thanks for your call. What an interesting day. What an interesting thought of what was going on. And yeah, we have to identify it. Like, we have to identify and admit that, you know, these organizations are in bed with each other, that uh, the left extremists were definitely being used as free labor by the feds. And it's funny how much uh, these leftists hate the police and they hate the feds, but all they really want to be is police and authoritarians. They hate authoritarianism, they just want to be the. Uh, you know, they want to be their own little fascist there. That being said, we're going to go to calls here. If you guys want to call in, the phone number heres eight seven 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 you You're listening to the American Journal. I'm your host, Christan T. Harris of the Rundown Live, Milwaukee's independent news and talk radio, top protest reporter, cover urban war zones, as well as many different things that are going on in the world. So we, you know, we we got to get to the bottom of this. Let's go ahead, and we're going to go to Lacey in Tampa. Lacey in Tampa, welcome to the broadcast. What do you got for us?
8: Hi, Christon. What a pleasure to speak with you on this most exquisite platform, and, of course, the best there is worldwide. Shout-out to the crew. Uh, You guys don't get enough credit. Shout-out to the writers as well. You guys are awesome. Um, What I wanted to talk about is the pipe bomb. And the fact that the leftist agenda, they're dead silent about the pipe bomb. They never bring it up. They never talk about it. They never try to use it to their advantage. And I think that's very telling because if they thought for a second that they could use that, if they thought that it was legitimate, if they thought that it was somebody that actually planted that, that was there on January 6th, they would have milked that to no end. But they didn't do that, and I think that that pretty much uh, spells it out for us right there. It was definitely an inside job.
1: Well, I mean, during the Boston bombing, they sure worked out the backpack uh, narrative, and the the local uh, governor said he saw the or he heard that there was a video of them putting down the backpack, and no one ever saw the video. The video was never even brought up in court, and the lawyers said they didn't even believe it exists. Here they have video of a guy with the backpack dropping pipe bombs, and nobody's running with it. Why is that, Lacey? What a great point.
8: Listen, this is like the Weezer song, Undone, the sweater song. Once you start pulling that thread, everything becomes unraveled and they are afraid to talk about it because the details will prove they had a hand in it. That's just my opinion.
1: Great call, Lacey. I appreciate it. And thanks for calling in. It's always great callers here in American Journal. And I got to tell you guys, you know who was responsible for that law enforcement, the law enforcement's death? on January 6th, the poor leadership. Who is in charge of the police at Capitol Hill? And I'm surprised law enforcement at Capitol Hill aren't more upset about the position that our government put them in. And I'm not saying that the police aren't heroes and they weren't doing their job. Those guys were tough sitting out there. And I can tell you a lot of people that were there were trying to assist law enforcement. They weren't trying to harm them. In fact, they, they literally helped a law enforcement officer who was sick to get up and get back to the Capitol, who ended up, I believe, dying behind police lines because he didn't get attention from his fellow officers. Instead of getting rushed to hospital, they just left him there. Like, I don't know. Uh, That's allegedly, allegedly that's what's going on. And based on what the news reports and different reports that are out there, but January six smells like an inside job. And we're going to continue to take your calls because this is a hot topic today. And we're going to dive into social credit scores and pre-crime and all that coming up as well. But when we come back from break, we're going to get to Andrew in New Jersey. We're going to try to mow through some of these calls. Julian in Georgia, James in Ohio, William in Texas. We got Steve in Delaware and Simon in Florida and many others. If you want to get in on this in-depth conversation on January 6, 1-877-789-2539, there is evidence to suggest collusion of some sort between these extremist leftist organizations that hate cops. They don't. They're cab leftists. In all reality, they just want to be the cops. They just want to be the authoritarians. They they hate fascism, but they want to act like fascists because that's how they're programmed. They got these far-left leaders who want to tell them that Bolshevik communist tactics are the way to go, and that's exactly what they did. They acted as little feds. They did the feds' bidding, and guess what? Guess who they're coming for now? These leftists. They're cleaning up all the leftists that helped them. You can go on their Twitters and see them go, oh, the feds visited me. Yeah, because you're posting about potentially bombing places. Of course, at some pl- time when the feds are done with you, they're going to come and they're going to bother you and investigate and ask questions and potentially arrest you. We're going to hear more from you guys when we come back from break. You're listening to The American Journal. I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris. Follow me on Twitter, Kriston T. Harris. Just go to InfoWars Twitter account, and you can actually just find me. They've been sharing the tweet that I'm going live. You can find me on Rumble, The Rundown Live, Spotify, The Rundown Live, iHeartRadio, The Rundown Live, and Band on Video, The Rundown Live. We'll be back.
9: It
0: doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the it does incredible things for your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off, InfoWars store. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news
2: today. listening to the American Journal with your host, Christon Harris. one 789
1: 2539 is the call number here at the American Journal. I'm your host, Christon Harris. You can find me at x.com forward slash Christon E. Harris. Follow me there, share these feeds, share the live link. There's a link right on the Twitter there. If you're not sure you're driving and you want to know how to tune in, see the video, go back, just go to the Twitter website, or you can go to band.video, check out the American Journal. You can find me at rumble.com forward slash the rundown live or the rundown live.com. That being said, we're going to be going to your calls. We're discussing January 6th and what seems to be more and more likely uh, the evidence is pointing to it to being a giant honeypot where the left was in some kind of collusion with government agencies at some level and at least did their bidding to use uh, the sedition hunters, which was getting Bellingcat. Directive, which is a a, you know Western intelligence contractor, uh, to basically go around and identify extremists and turn in uh, their adversaries to squelch any kind of real Americana or libertarian or voluntarist uh, you know takeover per se of uh, you know social engineering of uh, idea ideologies like to snuff out any kind of. I would say competing ideas and theories to their fully automated luxury communist ideas. That being said, we've had some great callers. We're going to go and we're going to go through these phone calls. We're going to go through them somewhat quick in this segment. We're going to start with Andrew from New Jersey, an entrapment operation. Andrew believes January 6th was an entrapment a- uh, operation. J- Andrew, you have a couple minutes here. What do you, what do you got to contribute to this conversation here?
10: That That's me, Andrew, New York, actually. Um, yeah, so it was totally an entrapment operation. Um, like the scaffold guy, the Ray Epstein, kept telling the crowd to move up, and um, they were they, they were dressed as Trump supporters. They even showed on camera that they were dressing into the ca- into the Trump gear, and a lot of it was crisis acting too. Like um, I don't know if you ever saw news news. They had this thing that it, it seemed like Ashley Babbitt, like she was still alive but they they said that she's a crisis actor like the people around her were saying that um also like you like the Ukrainians were there um I'm not saying that necessarily like that's what happened like with with David like, I think she probably died because I. She she probably was alive she probably was alive because like the camera footage was just so slow with a lot of like weird like coordination like crisis-acting-looking things, and people around are saying that Ashley Babbitt was a, a crisis actor, and Chansley, I'm not saying he did anything wrong either, but he was in, um, like, in Ukraine, and he was also in, like, some BLM rallies, and he was one of the first people, when they broke the window, he didn't break the window, but he was one of the first people to be allowed into the Capitol. I mean, they were told to go in, to go into the, cap, into the Capitol, so, I mean, it's not like trespassing, like, with a pipe bomb, like, that happened, like, 20 minutes when they, right around the time when they breached the Capitol. Like, it was timed for, like, 20 minutes, and the Capitol police and all that, like you're saying, with uh, the pipe bomb. Um, and then people saying that they uh, the feds attacked the, the crowd first. Um...
1: Yeah, I know that uh, they did uh, launch some flashbang grenades, and uh, I believe uh, tear gas as well. Andrew, thanks for the call. I appreciate you. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sold on the crisis actor narrative because Ashley Babbitt was wheeled out right by us, and there's a lot of blood and things of that nature. A lot of people um, spread information, and it's good to bring in all info and investigate all info, but we have to work with evidence of what we know. And what we do know is that Ashley Babbitt was an unarmed female. She was shot. Um, That narrative doesn't really fit any benefit, I think, for the left as far as that goes. But I I do have to say that I agree that uh, this seemed to be a honeypot by all means and an entrapment, uh, that's for sure. Let's go to William in Texas. Welcome to the broadcast. You got a couple minutes here. What do you got for us and uh, what's your take on this?
9: Yes, sir. Well, the thing is, is that one year before January 6th, Washington, D.C. was in flames. And on January 6th, there wasn't any of that going on. If anyone's ever been to a Trump rally, they know that people are being overly nice and sensitive and all that. And they would have been watching Trump and wanted to march with Trump. And instead, they were shaking barriers. And the thing is, is that, that we were there to try to convince people that we had won the election. We weren't there to try to... You know, loot the Capitol. We were there to try to prove a point, and that's, that's, uh, it, it goes against what we were there for. And, you know, with this pipe bomb coming out and them not addressing it, that's huge. And we're, we're just at this point where we're so divided, and the left will do anything they can do to try to do it. And it, what a perfect time when you're trying to certify the election that you know this perfect opportunity comes up and we're, we're finding out that one thing after another the americans were set up you know grandmas were set up and hey the grandmas are not liking it and they they mess with the wrong people
1: william from texas thanks for your call always great to hear from you Let's go ahead and hit on. Uh, let's see what do we got here. Let's take uh, Steve from Delaware. Steve from Delaware, welcome to the broadcast. What do you have to bring to the table today on the January 6th phenomenon?
7: Hey, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I just uh, one thing. I never saw the news report on is just the fire trucks and the ambulances and police cars. They all they were doing was driving around in circles. I, I'm assuming like optics for for the news. There was there was nothing happening. And they got all these roadblocks. And I finally had to get out of my car and go to an officer and say, look, you need to unblock this road. You got to just go in circles. And I told him, I said, you know what you're doing. So he eventually opened it up, let some traffic through, and everybody was able to get back to the hotel. Uh, when I got home, uh, my neighbor was like, hey, the FBI was here. I'm like, what? What did they want? Well, they were asking about guns. He said, I got really nervous. Uh, because I had your guns while you were in D.C. And I'm like, what? What is going on? They went to my sister's house. They went to the shooting range that I belong to. Uh, what else? Oh, one of one of my neighbor's houses. And I'm like, what is going on? So they finally called me, and I'm furious with them. And I'm like, what is it that you want? Well, we got a few questions. And I told them, I was like, I don't speak to people that hang out with the likes of James Comey. And I just hung up on them. And that was the last I heard. Um, now, why they were trying to get a hold of me, uh, I don't know. Uh, I was in the uh, let's see, I was in the same hotel as uh, Millie Weaver at the the Hilton Garden, and I think maybe my my last name on what was it, uh, my tactical vest, I think that got caught in her her video. So, uh, but I, I was never even anywhere close to the Capitol. At one point, everybody's phones just completely stopped working. Uh, even, even my camcorder, the SD card, uh, it said, no SD card. And I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I would like it if, you know, somebody had a website where you can upload your videos or, uh, you know, just just meet, re- find the people that you met uh, when you were there and just... Uh, yeah, know, it's a good thing to talk about with people that you
1: met while you were there. Yeah, Steve, it's interesting. I appreciate your call. And as a person that's been involved in like so many protests, a lot of times when I bump into people uh, that went through some of the traumatic stuff, especially the Kenosha unrest being, you know, 20 yards from the second and third shooting of Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, when we get together, we talk about these things. It's very therapeutic at many times. I know one of the callers mentioned the Ukraine media uh, on film uh, being at the Capitol building, the video that Ben Swan provided, which had the actor of uh, the Ukraine media guy doing a documentary, that was my video. Uh, they use that in Ben Swan's Truth and Media segment. Most recently, a lot of my reporting gets put into the news, and a lot of people don't realize because the media doesn't like to give me credit a lot of times. And I'm going to tell you, I do good work, man, and so does InfoWars. You guys got to go out and support them. Hit the InfoWars store, pick up that DNA Force red pill combo, 50% off. I'm your host, Kristan T. Harris, the Rundown Live, Milwaukee's independent news and talk radio. We'll be back with your calls.
5: In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere Cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the Real Red Pill Plus is pregnenolone, which occurs naturally in our body. But decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The Real Red Pill Plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The supercharged special. Support your health. And support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. You're
2: listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
1: is the number to get into the conversation about January 6th. I'm your host, Tristan T. Harris, the world-renowned protest reporter covering urban war zones, as well as things your mainstream news won't cover at therundownlive.com, Milwaukee's independent news and talk radio. You can find my broadcast on Spotify or iHeartRadio. Tune in after Owen Troyer's War Zone and you're done here at InfoWars and head on over to band.video and follow The Rundown Live. Our videos are usually updated there, but if you just want the audio, it can be found on just about every podcasting platform out there. We're accurate. We're your forecast in the future. And I'm blessed to be here today filling in for the Honorable Harrison Smith on the American Journal. And it's a great program and great callers. And I want to say there's a lot of people behind the scenes that depend on you They depend on your interaction. They depend on your shares. They depend on you posting on social media. They depend on your purchases on the Infowars store. So make sure you support them. Go there, pick up some uh, DNA Force and Red Pill, which is 50% off, and the Nitric Boost, which is 40% off. All of them have great health benefits. It isn't hard to find the traces of why you should be purchasing these things, especially if you're sitting behind a keyboard all day and you're a keyboard warrior, you need to get up, you need to stretch, and you need to get that blood going. And to help your blood along through your system, the Nitric Boost is a great product, so make sure you guys definitely support that. So, so far, today's broadcast, we've tied the fact that Antifa and BLM had a website put out where they posted over 200 activists that we cataloged at the Rundown Live on January 31st, New Year's Eve. So what I was doing in 2020, giving you three hours of news and taking calls. And on that program, I was able to publish, before the website was taken down, a, a wide range and a plethora of individuals they were going to target on January 6th to film. And most likely, those videos and those that filming of the undercover agents, of activists who were There to cause ruckus and put up bogus claims or encourage people to do damage and the gullible sheep out there a lot of times, love them or hate them, went ahead and followed along. Then got filmed and got reported to the feds and ended up on the FBI website. And I can tell you if you go through the list of the images that we have on the Rundown Lives January 31st of 2020 video. That we showed on this broadcast in the beginning of the show that the Airtable account that was put together by Antifa and BLM, who, by the way, a majority are the sedition hunters who get their directive from a organization known as Bill and Cat, which is a contractor for our government, all far leftists involved in those organizations in communication with each other almost openly. It's easy to find the strands of this. Just do a little investigation probably work together to inspire it, not even probably, most likely. And the more and more we look at January 6th, it seems to be a rich, hot honeypot. So before we dive into social credit scores and Donald Trump calling for freedom cities, and I'm kind of weary, anything that sounds patriotic or freedom seems to be dystopic. The Patriot Act, not very patriotic. That being said, we're going to go ahead and go to James from Ohio. Thanks for waiting, James. Got some information you can bring to the table dealing with the January 6th dinner conversation here. What do you got for us, James, in Ohio? Welcome, another Midwestern. Great to hear from you.
11: Hey, thanks for having me, Mr. Harris. Can you hear me fine?
1: We can hear you loud and clear.
11: All right, thank you. So um, I got a little disconnected. From January 6th because uh, I got incarcerated at the end of 2020 and when I got sent to prison while you're in prison like you just have no no real information you're just getting fed left this stuff in there so until about August or September of 2021 I had no idea what January 6th was never really even heard of it until August or September um, and then I started seeing videos and stuff but then when I finally got out in October I finally started seeing it and paying attention to it and got back to watching Infowars and everything. Well, I mean, it's so plain to see nowadays, all these years later, this is a complete honeypot. I mean, I watch the news all the time, like literally all day, and I watch CNN and MSNBC. These people do not want to talk about Ashley Babbitt, okay? They don't want to talk about Ray Epps and what, what he was commanding people to do, okay? They don't want to talk about the pipe bombs the lack of security, who was in control of security. They don't want to talk about how these political prisoners were literally being ushered around the Capitol. You have to per- put all this stuff in perspective and think about it. And, and the fact that this, this media doesn't want to talk about any of it is completely, completely showing the veil of it's just a complete cover-up. I mean, they, they put their people there to set out an agenda. It failed. Okay. Now they have to secretly and like your uh, producer said, very delicately, they have to to go around and arrest Patriots but not have the whole world know the the broad picture of what really, really went down that day. So it's like it's a very, very delicate situation they got themselves into. And the way I look at it is all their plans are molding, okay? And when you have a crack inside of a molding like this, you have to keep pushing into that crack. You can't let them patch up the molding because every time they patch up these moldings, what happens? The story disappears, okay? And then all the people just walk away. And no one's ever held, uh, held accountable. It, it's, it's incredible. We have to keep pushing down to this crack, keep exposing, keep exposing. And um, one more thing before I go. Um, I really feel like God wants me to get on a platform like this and talk about this video, okay? There's this video, it's called Secret Covenant, all right, and it's on TikTok. And I know TikTok, everybody wants it banned, but I honestly believe the banning of TikTok is like a smokescreen um, because they, they say it has bad stuff and it has some kind of nudity sometimes and stuff like that. And yes, it does have bad stuff like that, but it also has a lot of secrets that they cannot allow us to know. Okay, and this video called Secret Covenant, all right, if you can find it, um, I have it tagged on my page, Sean Griffith, S H A W N G R I F F I T H, and then the number one. I have it on there, okay? If you go and watch it, top right corner, it's this lady for seven minutes, and she's literally just reading this document called The Secret Covenant that the Rockefellers made, okay? And I'm telling you, it literally lays out everything that they've done to us everything they continue to do to us, and everything that they're going to do to us. It's very incredible. I I encourage people to please go and check that video out. Please. I'm not looking for followers. Don't follow my page. Don't like anything. Don't do that. Just go and watch the video. Download the video and just expose it to the world. Please, please, please. James from Ohio.
1: Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. And I wanted to read this excerpt from Plan to Transform the U.S. into a Play State from Myron C. Fagan. It's a 1969 news bulletin. And I just wanted to equate this to you guys, because uh, this is where the United States was in 1969. It says, for almost two centuries, the whole world has been doing a lot of talking about what a free country the United States is. According to our Constitution, you can say anything you want to. Question any institution you live under, elect them, uh, under elect them men to whom you entrust the safety and security of our nation, which means your personal safety. And if you believe or suspect that those men you voted for and you voted into high offices have betrayed their oaths, you are free to charge them with betrayals. You are free to even charge them with outright treason. That is what our Constitution tells us. But that is no longer true. Our Constitution now is just a scrap of paper. If you doubt that, go just go back to 1954 when the treasonous Earl Warren began to issue the Supreme Court decisions based on the principles of the UN Charter, thus flouting our Constitution and transforming it into just a scrap of paper. But that can be changed. The Constitution can be restored by the will of the people. But the people have to be so completely, but the people have been so completely brainwashed by our treasons, by the Council of Foreign Relations, controlled mass communications media, that they seemingly cannot recognize the real facts Of life in the country today, they don't know how to exercise their will. And that is true to this very day. Myron C. Fagan, Jewish broadcaster, uh, he would put together a vinyl series called The CFR Illuminati by um, Anthony Hilder, um, who was also another pioneer in independent media and bringing awareness to the global multinational corporatist construct known as the New World Order. That being said, guys, we appreciate the calls. We'll be going to more of them. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a couple more calls, but then we're going to dive into social credit scores. We're going to dive into AI smart cities, pre crime, and the police state that is right around the corner. I'm your host, Christan T. Harris. You're listening to the American Journal on Infowars.com. We'll be back.
0: Frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep, by and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious, and you realize ignorance is not bliss; it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's, that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taking place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance
9: to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com.